Bienvenidos. From Poder Media, this is Poder Podcast. I am your host, Sergio Lagunas. This podcast features powerful stories from artists, influencers, and community leaders. On today's episode, we have Dr. Lisette Correa. She is originally from the San Fernando Valley in California. She will be talking to us about how she navigated dental school and about the world of dentistry. Welcome, Lisette, to Poder Podcast. Hi, Sergio. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to hear about your story and about dentistry. So tell us a little bit about your origin story. And when did you choose to pursue dentistry as your career? Yeah, so about me, um, I am a first-generation Latina. My parents came here from Colombia. And... Um, I was born and raised in California in the San Fernando Valley is where I grew up. Uh, then I went to school in Burbank High and did my undergrad education at UC Santa Barbara and then did my dental career at UCLA where I'm currently doing my pediatric dentistry specialty. Um, so growing up, I'm an only child. Um, we had it a little bit rough, you know, like a lot of... Um, immigrant families do, but I was fortunate enough that um, my mom worked at Ralph's and she was part of the union. So she always had um, health benefits for, for us, which was great because I was able to go to the doctor, to the dentist on a regular basis. And that's where I first saw my interest in dentistry. And it actually came very young. I must have been about 10 years old when I first started becoming interested in dentistry. And what experience actually sparked that in you that you said, this is the career choice for me? You know, like I said, I was fortunate to have this routine preventative care. So I never had cavities or any type of real dental or oral health issues. So every time I went to the dentist, it was a really good experience. I was able to get my teeth cleaned and checked. I got to go to the treasure chest, which was the most exciting part of my visit when I was younger. And I just, I, I liked the way he interacted with me. Um, his name was Dr. Carlson, and it was just always a really pleasant experience. Um, and this one was when I was much younger, and I remember my mom would tell me, oh, hoy vas a ir al dentista, and I would be so excited. I would be like, it was like going to church. I want to wear this dress. I want you to do my hair like this. I want to wear these shoes. I would always get this positive reinforcement when I was at the dentist. So fast forwarding to high school, I started volunteering there. So I started young with my, or well, not like young, but I started early with my career specific volunteer work. And at first it was just filing papers for him. Um, and then I moved up to sterilizing and just like organizing his instruments. Um, so it was always a, a fun, a fun thing for me when I was younger. That is a really great start to picking out your career. It sounds like you started getting experience right away. And when you got to the point of going to dental school, can you talk about how you navigated dental school as a Latina? 
I definitely chalk this up to my parents because they always uh, me inculcaron to um, study and try to do something productive with my life, which I think my mom was one of the people that pushed me to volunteer for him instead of just being out in the summer with the homies and doing whatever. But going back to your question, in terms of navigating dental school, um, it was difficult. I'm not going to lie. Um, even navigating undergrad was difficult um, because you go from like a big fish in a small pond to this new uni universe where things are a lot harder, challenging. You don't have the same resources. So in dental school, I found myself, even though I am, I am proud to say that UCLA uh, tries really hard with their diversity at the professional level in terms of dental school and residency, but I was one of five Latinos in my class, one of two Latinas. My professors and my faculty, most of them were white or Asian, and they were great people, but I didn't see that many professors and mentors that looked like me, that had the same backgrounds as me, the same struggles, like having to work and different things. Um, but once I did start finding some of these mentors, I think that really helped with navigating professional school. And then of course, my colleagues, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to make it through just by myself. I had to do study clubs I had to find people that would motivate me when I didn't want to study. They were like, no, Lisa, come on, let's study. So I thought having that community wherever I could establish it um, was a big part. Yeah, definitely building communities and or learning groups. That is definitely the way to go. And I'm glad to hear that you were able to, to incorporate those strategies in the professional school, in dental school. In, in your experience in the industry so far, where do you see the need uh, when you talk to families? Oh, man, this is such a hard question because the need is so great. If I were to talk about just in dentistry as a whole, um, a lot of people are not even covered for dentistry and insurance for dentistry is pretty bad. You know, a lot of times people need certain procedures and it's not covered, so then they elect to do other things. I mean, if someone has pain and a root canal and a crown is going to cost them a couple thousand dollars versus an extraction is going to cost them a couple hundred, if you don't have the money and you're just trying to get out of pain, that's kind of unfortunately an easy choice. In terms of the specialty that I'm going towards, which is pediatric dentistry, I find that one of the struggles is oral health literacy and education. That's something that I work on a daily basis as a provider is really giving this information to the moms, the dads, the abuelitos, you know, whoever comes with this child, with my patient into the clinic. Um, we all know that mother's milk is super healthy for children and they need that to grow um, and for their immune systems. But when breastfeeding is managed in certain ways um, or they're not able to wipe their teeth or brush their teeth afterwards or they're also eating lots of snacks throughout the day, just like so many different factors that could lead to early childhood caries, which is 
a, such a terrible disease. It's so prevalent. It's more prevalent than asthma. And these kids end up, well, number one, they can have pain, which can lead to malnutrition issues. Being in pain also leads to them missing school. So that affects in their education. Um, their parents have to take time off to take care of the kids um, or to take them to multiple dental appointments. So the need to prevent the disease before it's starting is so high. And I feel that my role is definitely sharing this knowledge and letting people know, caregivers of all kinds, how they can manage their child and do it in a fun way. I mean, when I think back about my oral health as a child, um, it was never a punishment. It was a fun thing. I was like, oh, I need to brush my teeth. Um, they're going to be pretty and sparkly. I'm going to get a prize at the dentist because I've been doing so good. Versus some kids, they're like, oh, I don't want to go to the dentist. I'm going to have another cavity. It's going to hurt. They're going to tie me up. Or sometimes I even hear parents, they don't want to be the bad guy. And they're like, oh, si te comes más dulces, el doctor te va a picar. And here I am standing like, oh, my God, now this kid definitely doesn't want to come back. Not a positive experience. So there's there's a lot. Thank you for sharing about your experience in the industry so early on. But what do you aspire as a dentist in in the future of dentistry? Short-term goals would be to get out of residency and to start working at a practice and just get more experience. The ultimate goal would have to be to end early childhood caries to be able to get all of these kids to see a dentist. Um, a lot of people don't know this. We recommend that children go to the dentist at age one or when their first tooth erupts, which is a lot younger than a lot of people think. A lot of people are like, oh, no, until they're three or maybe five years old, they don't start taking them to the dentist. So being part of that global mind shift and being part of the systemic change that needs with either policy, with different systems in place to be able to get these children to come see us at an early age so they can have these positive experiences, so we can catch early signs of disease before they progress when it's still preventable. Because there's a certain stage where you can actually reverse the disease. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes when I get a little kid and their first appointment with me is at age four years old. They they already have a lot of cavities. They're still too little to sit down for a baby root canal and a crown with me. So I have to, you know, put them to sleep to do their treatment. Sometimes we have to pull out their teeth and they're not going to get another set until they're older. So the ultimate dream is to be able to provide the care for all the kids that need it at the age of one and for them to have an established dental home that they can come to and be excited like I was and get their toy and get their prize. Um, and if, you know, kids, when they're little, they play, they run, if they fall and hit their tooth, you know, have somewhere that they can go to where we can address their needs promptly and urgently instead of having to go to urgent care 
and waiting in line. And even then, there's not a doc- a dentist there sometimes. So that's the ultimate dream is to be able to get all of these kids in early. And I'm talking all of them. So I don't know how I'm going to do it myself. But that's I like doing these things because, you know, maybe inspiring someone else to become a dentist, even better, a pediatric dentist. Um, you know, if I can help a thousand kids, they can help another thousand kids. And if we get a bunch more providers, it'll just exponentially grow. That is a great dream to have. And would you say that part of your role as in dentistry is also building trust with the families that you see? Yes. And that is, uh, that's one of the number one things that I hope to accomplish at the very first appointment. Um, Because sometimes the parents come, they've seen a regular dentist, the regular dentist can't see their kid, they're too scared, or they have special needs, and they've tried so many times, their kid's not going to brush, and they're just kind of defeated, or they don't even know anymore if they can trust that something is going to be done for their child. So really building that rapport with the family and with the kid, um, I I really try my best not to lie to the kids because um, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, is this going to hurt? Um, what are you going to do? And if I start like not telling them the truth and then I do something that they don't like, they'll they'll get scared and then they won't trust me anymore. Really building that rapport with the child, trying to get them excited for it. And also, obviously, it depends on their age. I treat a four-year-old completely different than I would treat, you know, a 12-year-old. So all of that comes into play. But the parents just really showing them that I'm not, because, you know, oh, the dentist, they're here for your money. Like, they don't care about you. Like, you know, you just hear the cashier ringing. And that's not, that's not why I went into pediatric dentistry. I don't want your kid to have a cavity in the first place. I'm going to be so much happier if all I have to do is check their teeth and do a cleaning and I'm done. Sharing that with the families in a way that they understand so that they know that I'm here for them, for their child, for their education, so they can have a healthier life. Sounds like you really enjoy this career pathway, but what would you say you enjoy the most? Oh my goodness. Pediatric dentistry is so much fun. These kids are hilarious. Like you never know what they're going to come in or doing. And I think that working with kids is just so fun, but you have to be the type of person for it. You have to have the patience because I mean, imagínate, grown men don't want to go to the dentist, you know, they're scared. They don't want the needle. They don't want any of this. And this kid, sometimes um, parents or other adults project these fears on them. So they can come in a little shy too. But once you get them out of the shell, you guys are cracking up. Um, It's just so happy and rewarding. Um, These kids, they're just so much more resilient and they're able to recover so well. I, I think it's amazing I'll pull a tooth this kid is crying screaming their head off and then I give him a toy and some bubbles and I'm like you did such a good job you were so brave and they're happy they like hug my leg and I'm like oh my goodness like amazing if you were a grown man or woman you'd still be mad at me you wouldn't come back so (laughs) these kids are a blast and yeah 
it's a great career. Leading with that, there is a question that I ask every guest on this podcast. What continues to inspire you? What continues to ignite that passion for dentistry? In essence, what is your source of poder? That is a great question. I mean, for me, the very basic essence of the poder that I feel would have to be my family. Um, like I shared earlier, my parents came from Colombia. They worked factory jobs, menial jobs. Um, their American dream is kind of being fulfilled through me. And even though I'm an only child, I am the oldest of all my cousins here in the States. So I feel a responsibility for them to just kind of be like the oldest, the leader. Um, I mean, I was blessed that one of my younger cousins went to my alma mater to UC Santa Barbara after I did. I had some more cousins that have gone to higher education. So really setting that example for them would have to be the most basic sense or the the like profound core of the poder but just now in terms of my practice it's really helping the community because my parents didn't do it by themselves either you know so I want to be part of this community that brought me up and helped me with accomplishments that I have and I want to do this for other people for other kids um I it's one of my greatest joys is when I ha I've gone to like middle schools to talk or sometimes my even my little patients, they're like, oh, I want to be like you. Um, so much fun. You're awesome. And that's what gives me the power, the poder to just keep going because they're long days. It's exhausting. I make kids cry. You know, that's not easy all the time. But then I also make them laugh and smile. And that little bit of joy really, really pushes me to keep going. Thank you so much for sharing all about your experience in dental school, dentistry. Are there any words of advice that you would like to share with the audience? Pursue your dreams. You can make so many things happen. And one of the biggest things is finding mentors to help you to share their experiences. I mean, there's so many things that I did wrong navigating the process when I was younger because I didn't have that and if I could have if if I knew back then um to use some of my resources some of my mentors I could have been doing things in a different pathway or quicker but really reaching out so many people like I was always scared to email my professors or someone like oh they're busy I don't want to bother them but there's so many people that truly enjoy this. Like you get this warm sense when someone reaches out and you're like, yes, I can help them. I've been there. I know what, what these tools are. And it can be a couple minutes of my time. It can be a couple hours, but this might save you thousands of dollars, years of working through things your own way. And of course, you know, that only makes you stronger, but sometimes if those resources are there, you know, you don't always have to work harder. You can work smarter. Thank you for sharing your advice. And how can people learn more about the opportunities in dentistry? Or how can people connect with you? Yes. So um, definitely uh, things are always changing in dentistry. 
But if you'd like to communicate with me, um, you can search for me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Lisette Correa, or you can email me at lisettecorrea36 at gmail.com. And I know Sergio will post that somewhere. Um, but I'm happy to reach out to you, talk to you, give you any advice that I have. Just please put um, in the subject headline that um, you know, you're interested in mentorship or my advice and you found me through the Poder podcast. Again, Lisette, I am so grateful for you to be here on Poder Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. I appreciated the opportunity to share. Thank you for listening to Poder Podcast, the podcast con poder. This is Sergio Lagunas. Music is produced by Brian Navarrete. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or on your favorite app. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Poder Podcast.